Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Amber, Reaching Your Potential. I have a very special guest on the podcast in this episode. He's not an OT, but he's actually a PT, a physical therapist. And I think that's very exciting to have on the podcast. It's actually our first PT on the podcast, which is very exciting. So he's going to talk a little bit about himself and actually give us a story about what he has experienced in the field, which I think is very important to talk about. And in this podcast, I told you guys, we're going to be honest, open, and transparent. And he's literally the epitome of that. So let's get started. Victor Ngumbiande on the podcast today, and he's going to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself and also explain what physical therapy is. So everyone meet Victor. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, thank you for the introduction, Amber. Um, um, like I said, you know, I am a physical therapist and um, in the rehab world, um, especially in long-term care settings, um, physical therapy, uh, our job is really to, um, we help develop a functional movement in people, um, you know, from, you know, people who are debilitated or have any morbidities or any of um, suffering from surgeries or anything of that nature, there's a loss of physical function. And, you know, our job is to go in and evaluate the patient and see what's going on. If they have a lack of muscle strength, a lack of coordination, a loss of balance, um, and then also examine what they need to do to progress or even go home um, from their current level. We always try to, I always think of PT as getting you from point A to point B. And then when it comes to OT, I like because you know you guys are our partners in crime here, and we I like to I like to put in it's like OT is what you're gonna do at point B, you know. So you know it, it works out really well that way. And um, I love my job, and I see so much I see so much um, progress in my patients, and you know, and then you build a little bond with them as well. It's a little you know relationship uh, a bit more professional, but you know, it, it's still a bit of a bond. And sometimes in the health in the health field, you're not getting that too much. It's, sometimes it's just, you know, and nothing against nurses or physicians, but, you know, they, you know, have to, you know, move on to the next patient because there's so many, you know, and, you know, they're just giving out the medications and everything, saying what's wrong and then moving on. With us, it's a little bit more of a personal thing. It's, it's much more, um, uh, what's the word? Well, uh, connected, you know, yeah, make right. it a little, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more connected because we, you know, we're working with, you know, our particular patients, you know, uh, for many number of days and <clears throat> tell me how much progress they made. They may stay with us for a long time or if they're making a lot of more progress, they should stay with us for a shorter time. But overall, you still make a little bit of an impact on that person when you are, you know, when you're uh, where you are working with them. And then, you know, it's just, 
it's nice. It's nice because, you know, even as the exercises we do to implement for people to get stronger or the activities we do for people to challenge their balance or even the, you know, staircase training that people need to do to uh, go home, you know, it all comes with a little backstory, you know, a little, right. you know, like I couldn't do this before and now I can do this. I can't, I, I had so much trouble before, but now I feel confident I can do. And it's very rewarding in any of the rehab setting to hear that. Yeah, I agree with everything that you mentioned, Victor, um, just talking about what PT is and just seeing how PT and OT work hand in hand. I love that. Like PT kind of gives that foundational piece of you need that strength and range of motion. And OT just comes in and use that strength and range of motion them to participate in activities or um, different tasks that they have to do on a daily basis. And um, what you mentioned as well, we work with these clients for such a long period of time versus nurses and doctors who just come in for a few minutes, give the medication or just give a little spiel and then go about their business during the day. We're working with them for at least an hour for the most part, I'm sure like in the the rehab setting that you're working in, you're working with them at least an hour yes. and you're working with them multiple days of the week. So you get that bond and that rapport with them. And for the most part, I feel that you gain that trust as well. Um, the patients trust you, especially when they start seeing progress and seeing where they started and where they're ending up is just a beautiful thing to see. Yes, yes, very is, you know. I think that's one of the reasons why I love the field and I got into the field. Like I, I wanted to be like, I, I knew like my mom. So a little backstory about myself is my mom's, yeah. a, you know, my mom's a, a nurse and um, mm-hmm. uh, my family comes from Nigeria, a country in West Africa. And um, so, and education is like a very big thing, you know, and like yeah. you're, you got to, you know, keep going up, getting more and more knowledge and education and, you know, sustaining yourself, you know. And yeah, my mom course. is a nurse and um, she ha- now she's up to her doctorate. You know, she's been a nurse in this country for at least 25 years. Um, and it's, you know, it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. And I always, I always wanted to, to be in medical when I was a kid. At first, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Then my dad bought me a book of rocks, and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> so I I look into, like, I want to be like a like a doctor or something. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm thinking about it, and then, like, I grew up loving sports, and I love, you know, physical activity and and then right. I just saw PT as like something that, you know, I can help people while being active and like promoting good health. You know, yeah. it was just a career for me to go into and then seeing and helping people. It's just its own reward, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. How long have you been a PT? It's only been like three years, um, okay. you know, but, you know, I have I'm surrounded by like a wealth of knowledge of people who've been in the field for like 10, 15 years mm-hmm. and from different places as well. And it's, it's such a benefit. Like in my first year, 
I just learned so much, you know, you know, learning so much and, you know, different techniques on how to implement, you know, strengthening and, um, you know, like splinting and, um, you know, mm -hmm. working with different types of diagnoses, you know, with um, like paraplegics and everything of that nature, you know, neuro, it, it was just it was just such a wealth and learn of uh, a learning experience and i i loved it and then then like yeah. it, it helped me propel me to where i am now i am now the assistant mm -hmm. director of my um facility in rehab nice. and, I, and you know and that has also had its own um uh this own experience being the assistant mm -hmm. director and actually going on to the administrative side of rehab is quite okay. you know it's quite something Nice. That's awesome to hear that you're learning so much and, you know, what you have experienced so far in only three years yeah. and having such a huge role in administration at such a young part of your career or early part of your career. That's right. huge. So congrats to you. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Of course. Um, so let's dive in a little bit into your experience as a PT. Let's talk a little bit uh, as well, because you are a black male in a predominantly white profession. We know that OT is predominantly white and female. PT is predominantly white. It has a good, I feel like it has a good mixture of female and males mm -hmm. um, per, uh, when compared to OT. But of course, being in the health field, you don't see that many black health professionals. So Let's talk a little bit about that. How has your experience so far in your three years as a PT has been? Well, um, to talk about that, let me talk about my location. So I'm I'm yes. I'm in Sullivan. I live in Sullivan County, New York, which is in upstate um, in New York. It's um, we have like an eighty thousand population, you know. So um, it's mostly it's predominantly white you know and like if i had to do percentages it'd probably be like like 70 like 75 percent white and then you know everything else falls under you know under that uh with the rest of the percentage so like yes it is you know so it's a lot more concentrated compared to like an area in the city like highland queens where it's mostly you know it's very mixed you know it's very diverse area. So I'm dealing with a, um, a homogenous population and I, I stick out like a sore dumb. <laughs> like, <basically. laughs> um, but you know, nothing wrong with that anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, so when I first was interviewed for the job, you know, I, I just did what I usually do. Um, you know, like, you know, be courteous, be calm, you know, answer everything correctly and just be honest. And, you know, I was fine. It was funny because the people, you know, in our in our facility, all of the therapists, all my coworkers are white, you know, uh, are white. And I actually, yes, I had to scratch that. Uh, most of my coworkers are white and then the rest are Filipinos um, from you know, the Philippines. And um, that was there was not really uh, a black therapist there um at that time oh I apologize there was one you know there was only one 
black uh black female ot you know there you go <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> right. um but you know yes i was the only i think i was the only black male um pt and maybe the first i don't think they ever s- saw me like that um right. but yes i was the only one there and um i felt i had to act a certain way to be there you know mm-hmm. like it's like it was all eyes on me and right. I I felt like there was uh like uh unbeknownst pressure upon myself, you know, being the only black male there. Um and I say to I say that, you know, and I, I said to somebody recently, I don't know, somebody said recently to me, and it's like they want to know how I am out of work because like when I'm in work, <laughs> I'm very professional and right. I, I, I apparently I speak a certain way. I'm just very 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 calm professional and you know just you know you know just taking it easy and they just making sure yeah. the residents get the uh the care they need and and this person was very curious to see like how am I out of work you know and then I said to myself like I'm not that di- I said to different. myself I'm not that different but I I do see myself I have to code switch a little bit and yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, you you have to. <laughs> I'm glad you know a little bit about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, you know, it, it it comes with the territory of being the only black male there, and the it's trying to avoid looking like it, like you know, like I'm I'm sure like now I'm more comfortable around my coworkers. They're very nice people, very nice, mm-hmm. and. But like it is still like sometimes I don't want to come off as a typical stereotype for that because yeah. since I'm the only one there, you know, and then that's yeah. that's what it is. Like I dance around. I like at the first year I was trying to dance around toes. Now I'm a lot more relaxed and I'm, you know, I'm my more myself. But mm-hmm. and but like, you know, at the first year I was trying to not dance around like I was dancing around toes, like trying not to seem like something, you know, would be, you know, unacceptable or stereotypical right. or anything mm-hmm. of that nature, you know, and, that, and that's really what it was, you know, and and like oftentimes is, you know, you know, with that, there are patients that, you know, probably like just did not like me there was few, there are few and far in between but mm-hmm. i really tried to put my best foot forward and just be kind and be kind yeah. and courteous and gentle as possible because i'm a i'm six foot 250 pound guy oh my god oh my I'm god just, you're so tall <laughs> <laughs> i'm just wow. I'm tall enough there's people taller than me <laughs> and there's people bigger than me but since I'm the therapist there, I'm, I'm I have a bit more of a you know, a, like you would say, like a, a muscular structure. I try yeah. to come come across as gentle as possible. I don't want to scare anybody off, you know. Exactly. You no, know, that and that's my 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 biggest thing is I don't want to you know scare anybody, and mm-hmm. you know, that's that's where I kind of reside in nowadays. Uh, but definitely in the first year, like I was definitely trying to be like, I would say on my best, best, best behavior. And because mm-hmm. I feel like all eyes were on me being the only black male therapist. 
Yeah, I agree in terms of that too. I mean, I'm new in the OT field. I just started my first OT job in December. So, um, yeah, so I'm still new in the game, but I'm in home health, which is a little bit different because you're kind of out on your own a little bit more. But seeing from my other coworkers and things of that nature, I'm the only black therapist in my region. So I haven't met any other black therapists in Queens. I work in um where do I work? I work in the Fresh Meadows area of Queens. So okay. I have a good diversity of patients, which is great. I have patients of all different cultures and um, ethnicities, which is fantastic. Um, but unfortunately the therapists don't look diverse at all. It's mostly mm-hmm. um white professionals. Javi's one male he's indian so i think that's it but um in terms of ot's i haven't met any um black ot's or black pts in the field so Mm -hmm. i mean but then again like when you're in school you kind of expect that anyway so it's nothing really out of the ordinary but i do understand about the code switching and kind of being on your toes at all times because when I first started my job, I actually had a different hairstyle. And mm. I was very nervous <laughs> about what my patients were going to say when I changed my hair. Because I didn't want I didn't want that to be the center of attention during sessions. Yes. And, you know, they're constantly asking, like, what do you do? Oh, do you cut your hair? Oh, I like the other hairstyle. Oh. I'm, I'm just like, um, yeah. So it's just yeah. always constant questioning and constant I guess curiosity about Mm. my hair and I'm always trying to not let that be the focus of attention like I'm here for a purpose I'm here to work and make sure that you're reaching your goals kind of thing so kind of redirecting them (laughs) the best way in the most professional way as possible and um I'm kind of short I'm 5'4 but I also work out so my build my build does show when I'm like working out with my patients or getting them to stand up or transfer and things of that nature so sometimes they assume that I can't lift them which is Mm -hmm. and then when I do it they're like oh my gosh you are strong like (laughs) yeah like I I work out so it's not really a big deal for me and I have a patient, which is funny. He's actually like 6'4", or something like that. And um, we're working on standing and things of that nature. And every time he stands, he's literally towering over me. Oh and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, sir, why are you so tall? <laughs> but like, and I do, I use a, a kind of like a sense of humor during my sessions to kind of get them comfortable. And that rapport that we mentioned before you know, you're working with these patients for a long period of time. And if you're just there doing therapy and just leave, not having conversations or, you know, just trying to get to know them, Mm -hmm. kind of lose that piece of the session. Right. So um, I do agree. Everything that you said about being on your toes the whole time, the (laughs) co-switching, it's, it really takes a lot of energy <laughs> to do all that stuff. And I feel like some therapists who aren't representing people of color or different ethnicities, they don't understand that. Yeah, it, I I totally agree with you. It's, it's like, you know, 
trying to understand a culture can be a little bit jaunting and a little bit difficult but then at the same yeah. time trying to be professional at the moment the moment is like so for example we have a little it's like an unwritten rule at work uh at my job mm. when you know so we don't really talk about politics and we don't talk about religion we try to try to keep it light and light-hearted and just focus on patient care and you know just joking around stuff like that but we yeah keep very very light-hearted um because it can distract from like how'd you say from the actual task at hand and uh and i for me personally i want my when i walk into the room i don't want the focus to be on me i want the focus to be on the patient and what they're right. able to do you know and it, it takes it like if they're focusing on me and they're like mentioning <laughs> they're mentioning uh, like i used to work with martin luther king i'm like all right that's awesome <laughs> but you know that's that's not what we're working on with him. Are you right that's not the focus right now no yeah we're just it just i want to see how much you how much you're doing i want to see is that leg getting better and you know can we stretch that leg a little bit more i, I want to see i want to focus on you and and that's and that's where I try to reside in. Um, I, I but you know things that not regarding like my race or anything like like not saying like my race is not important. It's important to me, of course. You know, of course. we gotta we. I love and celebrate every um, all diversity. You know, and then it's a beautiful thing, honestly, to learn and learn from each other. But we, I want it to be in a more positive way and, you know, lighthearted at the same time. It doesn't, right now, it doesn't need to be in an in-depth uh, conversation. Um, maybe in the future, you can have an in-depth conversation. You have questions and not, you know, not trying to put down anybody gaining knowledge. But right now, let's focus on your therapy, you know, and then, you know, and then we take it from there. And then everything can come out naturally. Yeah, definitely. The nat I like how you said that. Make it natural versus kind of making it forceful, if that makes yeah. sense. Because if it's in a forceful way and it's also not what you say, but how you say it, right? It can the conversation can go a whole nother way. Mm -hmm. Um I I feel like I, I can't remember an experience so far, but I know I had a patient that talked something about you know, they were talking something about the rate, like they were talking about mm -hmm. politics. And I was like, okay, this is something I really don't want to get into right now because they kind of, at, this patient is the type of patient that will keep talking and keep right, talking right. and don't know when to stop. And then mm -hmm. I'm trying my best to redirect them back to the session. Mm -hmm. And for some reason they got into politics and then the rest is history and I was just like yeah. oh my goodness like I really don't want to get into this right now right. because this is not the appropriate time for this <laughs> so um as you said like in another you know in a, in a future date maybe we can have this discussion in a more appropriate setting but mm -hmm. like this is not the right time yeah. um I agree yeah in any case like with a lot of patients like that it's it's very hard to distract them a little bit some of the it strategies is. i like to incorporate you know is like trying to um change the subject a little bit in a 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, I, and like, I, I try, I try to change the subject with like small talk. I was like, oh, like, how's the weather? And like, you know, how's the weather? Are you, you know, like, yeah, how's your, how's your kids, you know, or anything of that nature? Yeah. You know? And I try to re- reflect it on more personal conversation or light, light, very light conversation, you know, how, what you had for lunch. Or, you know, and yeah. it, it just kind of dissuades it from building up too much. Um, yeah, definitely. I see. Um, I hear myself doing that all the time. I'm like, oh, it's like, what are you having for dinner tonight? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's almost yeah. dinner time. <laughs> uh, you know, but not all my experiences have been so, you know, pleasant, you know, when patient interaction, you know, I have had a few incidences of, you know, you know, like prejudice and racism and like, mm-hmm. And I, I'm lucky to say it's been like a few and far in between. Uh, a lot of my patients are very respectful, you know, and they don't even mention race. They actually mention race in a more trying to say that they're not prejudiced. Like, you know, like I used to work <laughs> with Martin Luther King or I have my half black granddaughter or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Right, you don't need to cool. say that to me or anything <laughs> like that. But I appreciate the gesture nonetheless. Um, yeah. But, you know, in cases where it's not so pleasant, some of them don't even want to see me. You know, I had, mm. there have been cases where I had to switch with another therapist to, um, so they can be seen. Um, wow. And I can explain my first experience with that is yeah. with, and it's so funny, a lot of, the patients I work with, since this I work in a subacute uh, slash long term setting, um, the long term patients that I have who are very confused, very confused, but will not say one thing about race or anything of nature. They're not even concerned with it, you know. Right. And and it's so it's so funny because like I I have a very advanced dementia uh, patient. And, you know, and she and this person, this individual can still see and everything, but will not mention race or anything of that nature. It would be more like you should come home with me to, you know, <laughs> we can go get some steak <laughs> or something. Some, something, something of that, but never, never anything, you know, like naughty or anything or bad or, you know, discriminatory, nothing of that. Yeah. And it's it's and they're very 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 confused um but you know some of the non-confused patients you know can exp- uh have said that and like mm-hmm. i had a patient who straight up just called me the n-word um mm-hmm. because they were and then like this patient was upset with something with what the you know he was already this patient was just having a bad day all right. And I was working with this patient for at least a few days now. And I was thinking like, all right, we're getting a little bit of rapport. Right. And then, and then uh, the patient was just not, you know, he didn't want to work with me or anything of that nature. Uh, he did like, he was like, you know, you know, lashing out. He has a, he has, does have a few behaviors, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
And like when he's in those moods, it's just like he'll lash out, you know, and he'll like get a little like he'll get physical. He'll throw things and stuff. But, you know, it's not like he's like, you know, it's just like a very slight behavior, I believe. And that's why he was in the facility. But in any case, though, he lashed out. And like as he was flipping the desk and, you know, when I said, all right, I'm going to give you some time. I'm going to walk away. I'll be back when you're ready. And then as I was leaving, he said, no, I'm not. N word. And then I come back, you know, and maybe I should have kept walking. But, you know, it was just like a sting. And like, you know, you know, it gets to this. It gets to a sting. And I come back. I'm like, listen, I'm going to let that go, but I'm going to let you know that's not acceptable. And then before I can get another word out, he just says the N word again, very, very loudly, like screaming. And I just, you know what? And then at that point, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. So I I walk away and then like as I'm walking away, I just feel like I feel like very bad, like very, 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 very bad, you know, and it's it's not it's not fun and it's not much it's not much comfort when you're the only, you know, black person there. I like and then I tell like and I tell my my um, my uh, rehab director and, you know, he was like, oh, that's not acceptable because and my director is a very nice guy, very, very mm-hmm. stand-up guy. And and he says, oh, that's not acceptable or anything, you know. So, you know, he just told me to document everything. And then he said, like, you know, we switched over. And um, and apparently he was refusing after the after we switched over, he was just refusing every day. And then we just took him off therapy. Um, right. so, you know, it, it end up like, you know, it wasn't just me. He was just being a, a pest for everybody, you know, so, right. mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> but in any case though, like, you know, when things like that happen, it just, it just makes you think like, wow, that really, like, it just stinks. Like, you know, like, it, like you can still, somebody can just say that to you and just make you feel less than what you are and then but I know I'm not less than who I am or anything like I I have a great Mm -hmm. career and you know I'm like and and then I have a lot of experience ahead of me but you know that particular instance like you know I remember it pretty vividly and because it was very negative and um and just made me feel in a very awful way you know yeah no uh first of all I feel that is something that you had to experience because no one at all deserves to be disrespected in any type of way, fashion or form. Um, I love how you took it, (laughs) to be honest, because it could have been a different way. You could have lashed out on him. You could Mm -hmm. have done so many other things, but taking the professional route and knowing that, you know, just like, okay, I'm going to let it go. And even though we're letting it go, that's a professional route, but we're also human beings. Yeah. I don't think that we deserve to be disrespected in any type of way, mm-hmm. um, especially 
when it comes to racial slurs or just derogatory words that were called, like we were called that back in the day, like a long time ago, but there are people still in 2021 that are still using that word on Mm -hmm. people that look like you and I. So I think it will give us an understanding to be aware of um, that there are still racist people out there that will just throw the word out with no care in the world about how we will feel. Um, Even though this specific patient wasn't just being rude to you, but other therapists, but the other therapists aren't black. (laughs) Like he's not gonna throw that word at them. And being the only therapist that is black, being known that like okay he can use this word against me it it hurts and i will feel the same way if a patient came to me and said well i don't want her because she's a black she's black or Mm -hmm. call me the n-word or some other racial slur knowing that we're not that at all like we're the total opposite but we always have to take the high road and just Mm -hmm. like shake it off or just be like, oh, I don't want to say make an excuse for them, but in a way we're kind of making an excuse for their actions. Just like, oh, like, well, you know, he had a bad day, but um, if you're having a bad day, there's just, there's better ways to mm-hmm. lash out your anger. Like don't lash your anger out on me. But then also one thing I have been um, learning as a new therapist is not to take things personal or so mm-hmm. personal. I'm not a huge sensitive person, of course, but like there are some things that, you know, will get into my skin. Um, Even like as not when I was a therapist, I was actually a OT student. Mm -hmm. I was in a sniff for my 12 week rotation and all my patients were Russian and all of them were speaking Russian for the most part, which was very hard to, Mm -hmm. you know, communicate, gain a report and all that stuff. And one of my patients, she was also mentally confused as well. Um, I believe she has some dementia or something going on with her. And I was just trying to, you know, talk to her, try to figure out what she wanted to do. And the next thing I know, she literally hand slapped me in my face. Oh, geez. Yeah. And I was, I froze. I was like, what, what do I do? (laughs) And, um, I had no idea what to do. It was in the gym too. So everybody oh saw it. Oh my so God. very embarrassing, first of all, and also very humiliating being the only black therapist as well in a Russian <laughs> sniff. So <laughs> my, yeah, so my CI, she came and she was like, oh my gosh, like what happened? Talking to her in Russian, trying to figure out what happened and all this other stuff. Also, I don't have no idea what they're saying. So mm-hmm. I'm confused. I'm upset. I'm emotional, all this other things. And all I did, I remember I just went into the staircase and just started crying because it was just like, what am I doing? Like, what did I do wrong? I'm not right. sure what I did wrong. And also I can't ask her what she did wrong because, or what I did wrong because she doesn't speak English. So my CI, she tried to console me. She's like, you know, like, um, I'm so sorry this happened. Do you need some time? blah blah try to be comforting whatever which i'm like i'm thankful for that but also like it's not it's not the same it's not yeah it's not (laughs) the same so even though it wasn't a racial thing it's still like a human thing like i'm a person and i had to kind of make an excuse that like oh 
she has dementia, things of that nature. But also, like, I don't know. Like, it's so hard when you're in these challenging situations. How do you go about it? Or how? Yeah, yeah it's so hard. <laughs> uh, I, I totally agree with you, Amber, because, like, in and that one incident that I mentioned, you know, wasn't even that isolated. I, I had that before, at a, not as extreme as that one, but, you know, mm-hmm. like I heard, like, you know, somebody say, you know, like I was called brownie or like, you know, like from a little bit more of a confused patient, but still like, you know, being mm-hmm. like brownie or, or, or even like another one did say, the the n-word and everything and and then i and also a little bit of a confused all these confused patients just you know just love to let it fly but yeah uh, but there is some like even with the not confused patients who were you know subtly you know you know subtly prejudiced or racist and they rather they have somebody you know who could understand them or you know, somebody who, you know, you know, who can get where I'm coming from or like a better therapist, you know, and I'm like, you know, I, it's hard to take those on the chin, you know, and, yeah. you know, I'm like, I, and like a physical, like a physical altercation and like a verbal altercation, it's still, it still stings, you know, like, you know, and I don't think I've ever been I'm sorry about your experience about being, you know, physically hit and everything, but yeah, that, that, that could sting too, when you're the only, like you stand out, like you're the only one, you know, that looks like you and why are, why are we dealing with this particular situation? And I say to myself, I'm like, I could react in so many different ways, but then how does that look reflect on me the next day you know right like you still have to come back to work (laughs) yeah like I still have to come back you know this patient could be gone they could you know like in my case a lot of a lot of um, the patients they pass away um you know that you know they can pass away from many reasons or they even go home or you know and I have to but I have to be there every day and you know do it all over again and right. I, I would say like some days I get fatigued. I, you know, like we're all human. I get fatigued too. Mm-hmm. And we, we like, I think to myself, like, all right, if I got to deal with racism this day, <laughs> then I got to deal with racism <laughs> the other day, you know? So like, I gotta, I gotta put some mileage on, <laughs> like, you know, like. Right. Oh <laughs> man, you gotta take breaks. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just. It's just like I'm prepared. Like I, I find myself like you know my third year as a therapist. I'm prepared to deal with it now, and my reaction is always to try and just be kind. And then if that does not work, is to walk away. And if it comes to the point that like I need to really just take a break because if I'm dealing with too much, then like. Yeah. And then because it's not just the thing is like as, you know, black therapists in a predominantly white field, you know, you are probably going to be targeted 
you know, for certain things that your counterparts are not. And on top of that, you're dealing with, you know, like you could be dealing with other personal issues. It could be, you know, with, you know, family stress or financial stress or any other excess amount of stress. You're also dealing with that coupled in with, you know, unnecessary racism or, I mean, racism is unnecessary anyway it is never necessary <laughs> you know and right. is, you know discriminatory at their workplace where you're just trying to make a difference and dealing with you know with this it's just a lot and you have to you have to take a break that's that's what i would say like you know remember to take breaks you know you know and take a break from the job take a break from everything, you know, just take a break and replenish yourself. Yeah, I agree. Our job is so demanding. And especially in the settings that we're both working in, there's no set time for you to take a break. And I feel that it's really important to understand that when you feel like you're reaching that point where you're about to go crazy, <laughs> you have to take a break. Like, and, and when I say that, like, when you go crazy, I, I say that 100%. Even as a new grad, I was feeling that way maybe a few months ago where I had to start scheduling new patients because I had to discharge some patients. And then I realized that I was going a little bit over what I could handle in terms of cases. I was about to go crazy. And also, um, since I am in home health, I'm always on the road. We also had like a pretty bad snowstorm um, like last month or so. So I made the attempt to see some of my patients and my mentor was like, are you crazy? You should have stayed home. And I'm like, well, I have to see them because if I don't see them, I have to make it up somehow. And I don't know how I'm going to make it up. So I was just really stressing out on that. But also taking a break, I'm so excited. I already started putting some PTO <laughs> in my <laughs> like schedule for next month to have like a little three-day weekend instead of a two-day weekend. Uh, but yeah. just, yeah, so I'm like really excited about that. But it's really, I think, so important. Take a break when you need it because mm -hmm. the job is so demanding. The patients need you all the time and mm -hmm. you just need to have some time for yourself to kind of reflect and also de-stress yeah it's, it's so big yep yeah i i agree with that wholeheartedly and you know just remember to do like it does not make you any less of a person when that like at first when it initially happens it's like when you get it's like when you're a kid and you shing your knee but you bang your knee against like the the bedpost mm -hmm. i think that's like something everybody can <laughs> relate to you know you, you right. hit your toe on the bedpost you know and and it, it it sucks at first you know it hurts it stings but over time it gets a little better it gets a little better and then you know sometimes you wise up and you avoid the bedpost at one point but <laughs> you know like it 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 gets a little better like you know the first initial sting hurts the most but over time it does get better and and that's the same when like it happens like and i don't think anybody should experience what i have to experience at work i would mm -hmm. love for everybody you know every person i call it in the, the pt field uh pt field ot field uh speech field to just 
you know, feel like you're making a difference in the patient and, you know, you're having a rewarding experience. And, you know, it doesn't need to have to be a negative experience like mine was, you know, you know, and then I also have to remind it like that's not that doesn't have to be it. It should not be an everyday thing. If it is an everyday thing, you need to get out of there. <laughs> you know, like you need to get out of there. The money it will never be worth than enough. You know, you need to get out of there because that's not worth your mental health, you know, because that's what racism does against, uh, you know, because like something like that, like I was thinking about for like a, like a, about like a week and a half. I was like, wow, he really called me that, you know, and I like, still where we played that outside of work and I, I'd rather not deal with that, you know, outside of mm-hmm. work, you know, and, and yeah. it's just, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's not, it should not be an everyday occurrence. For that one patient, there should be that, it should be like, you know, 10 other patients that you see who are more than happy to work with you, more than appreciative of the services you deliver, uh, great rapport, great personalities, great you know, just great everything and making this a great experience, you know, great profession to be in, you know, and I, and unfortunately right now I have a great caseload. There's a guy that I'm so happy to work with every time we we just talk about nature, (laughs) you know, we just talk about like in Sullivan County, there's a lot of deer that comes around here. So, you know, (laughs) So we just talk about if like we saw any deer, you know, um, in the and during the day, like how many deer you saw, and, and it's all like, how what are the birds doing this? Like, you know, it's just very lighthearted, very nice, you know, and it's yeah. refreshing. It's very refreshing. I agree. Well, of course, like during our careers, even though we're like still kind of early in it, we're always gonna have that one patient that's either behavioral wise races or something something in that nature but it's always the patients that you have the rapport with the ones that you can talk about nature about or um I unfortunately I had to discharge a patient of mine um on Friday and I loved her she was so sweet we always (laughs) talked about movies she always have um her nails done I always have my nails done so we're always talking about that it's just like the little conversations outside of OT or you know PT that makes the session so meaningful and they look forward to seeing you so I agree if majority of your caseload is just like is great with the rapport the progression that's great and if you are literally entering your workplace and you feel that you are being attacked every single day it's time to go like yeah. you need to find a new place <laughs> to <laughs> work true. because your mental, as you said, your mental health is so important and yes. you, you don't deserve to be attacked because of something you cannot control, which is your skin color. Right. You deserve to be respected and treated as a professional, as a clinician, because you work so hard and tirelessly for that role and for that title and you de- deserve that respect. So hi. Mm-hmm. I thank you for everything that you said, Victor. Um, Being transparent as well with your stories and your experience as a PT, uh, specifically a Black PT, because, you know, just being a Black therapist 
in this world is right. is tiring at times, but I love how you mentioned mental health is really key mm-hmm. in this field. If you don't take your mental health seriously, start taking it seriously. Right. <laughs> because it would it will literally drain you if you don't. You know, right. you have to take time for yourself. You have to take breaks if you need to. Um, your patients care about you, but they're not going to they're they're not really gonna understand why you right. feel stressed um every single day if you don't put your mental health first. Right. Very, very true. But thank you so much again, Victor, for joining me today. This was a great conversation. I enjoyed every single minute of it. It, it was great. No problem. Yeah. And oh, of course. Thanks. <laughs> Good to know. So I'm going to keep that keep that in mind for the future. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, last part of the episode, I usually give my guests the opportunity to share their social media handles. If you have anything that you'd like to share. This is your time to do it. All right. Uh, let me, uh, I'd like to just give out my Instagram. Um, to Sounds people. good. Yeah, it's always good to get my Instagram up. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> my, my Instagram is underscore, underscore, yes, Vic. Um, yes, with uh, three S's, underscore Vic, V-I-C. Awesome. So everybody give Vic a follow, but thank you so much again, Vic, for everything that you have done Um, so far in your journey as a PT. I know you are making a huge difference in people's lives out in Sullivan County. So are you doing your thing. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much. But guys, this was um, the episode with Vic um, just being honest, open, transparent about his experience so far as a PT. And we just really went, we really just dived in on just experience of being a Black therapist, the the good, bad, and the ugly. We experienced it all, but, you know, we still pushing through and making a difference in this therapy world. So... Hope you guys enjoyed and I will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.